Listener Production. The creators of this podcast would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which it is recorded. Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people are the first storytellers of this land. We pay respect to their elders, past, present and emerging, as well as any Indigenous people who may be listening today. The following episode of TOEFOP is rated MA for mature audiences. It may contain sexual references, time travel references, allegations of bin misconduct, and mild coarse language. TOEFOP advises that this episode is not suitable for anyone under the age of 15 or anyone who thinks a comedy conversation between two old mates sounds like a terrible idea for a show. Minors must be accompanied by a parent or guardian. This is John Deke speaking. Everyone relax, this is Topop. I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson. Hello and thank you for watching. And this is, we could talk about it every time, but this is an interesting process, I assume, for listeners who have been listening from week to week, because for them, it's just another week has passed since we last talked, but for you and I, it's been three weeks in five countries <laughs> have <to have> <laughs> between mean, us last To be week. fair, I have only been responsible for one of those countries. <laughs> much I like got that country, six. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> much much like I've stayed in the one spot. Much like the content of Tofop, it does really rely like particularly in the last couple of years on you doing things and me just staying in the one spot and then hopefully you bring some content to the table that I can make fun of. So <laughs> Hopefully that is the case again. It was funny. I caught up um, with Osha when I got back about a week ago to talk about Dad Pod and stuff. And um, I saw a picture of you and Osha at the Australian Podcast Awards. Yes. Was was Dad Pod up for an award at we the were. Australian Podcast Awards? We were up for the Best Parenting Podcast. Um, odd system of announcing winners at the podcast. Well, I've never been to a podcast awards before. No, um, because we don't enter. Because we don't enter. Because <laughs> <laughs> it costs $200 to enter. That's right. And at, at tofop.com, we do not believe that is a good allocation of the limited resources we have. <laughs> exactly. Um, but I felt like, you know, I, I wanted to go and support the show and not just, you know, Osha, but, you know, there's a lot of people who work behind the scenes. And so I only landed back in the country on Monday, had an hour at home and then jumped on a flight to Sydney. But it was about 45 minutes into the award ceremony that I was like, this is, <laughs> this is a mistake. <laughs> like, like award shows are a mis- can be a mistake, you know, most of the time, but you know, when you're jet lagged and stuff and our category was done, like we were the third up and it's like, there is still 27 categories <laughs> to go <laughs> or something. Now, did you consider just storming out? Because oh. I assume you didn't win. We right? did not you win. Didn't, we, we, yeah. we, we came, so, how's this? <laughs> we came runner, runners up. So they don't just announce the winner. Hey, here's the nominees, here's the winners. They announce the nominees and then they do a bronze, silver, gold, right? Hang on. How many nominees are there? <laughs> <laughs> That's the point I'm getting to. In some categories, there was like five. In some categories, there was four. So oh, shut for, up. No, for, you can't do that. What it felt and, like. And the loser, the loser of this category. The two losers the or one the singular person. loser. Yeah. Like, I mean, in a four-person category, you cannot be giving out a third, second and first. Um, you might that's you might as well so say cruel. in last place. Yeah. It was hard. And once I realised that, because we were like the third uh, award up, I'm like, please let us just play. I thought bronze. Like, just give us bronze at least. I didn't think we'd win. But just give us a, a just give us a placing. So I don't even know how the awards are judged. I mean, 
like I don't know if it's like fan voted or if there's like a team of people or whatever, but I don't know. I do not know what qualifies a a podcast expert. And then podcasts are so niche. Like, are you hiring experts in parenting? Were there a bunch of like pediatricians listening to the podcast, or was it just like? Like me, <laughs> I mean, if someone asked me to judge like a parenting podcast, I wouldn't fucking know which is a good one or a bad one. That's why I'm doing one. I'm trying to work it out. I imagine there is some sort, and again, I have know nothing about these podcasts, but I imagine there is some sort of industry awards because I know there is fan voted awards because I hear them talk about it on the Weekly Planet, right? There is some that are fan voted, but the majority of the industry awards that that is generally the case with most awards, right? Whether it be the Arias or the Actors or the Logies, they have industry categories where they'll have like a panel of people from the industry who vote on the awards, versus they'll have like popular choice awards, which is just your general anybody can vote for those awards. I imagine that it's similar with the podcast awards as well. Here's what I will tell you: I have been a person who has voted on things in the past. I have voted, I know, in the actors and I have voted in the arias. I've been on those like industry panels at various stages in my career. And when I was doing both of those awards, it certainly wasn't, I, you know, it wasn't like they said, okay, you're a comedian and you host like a panel show, so we're going to get you to vote on comedy and panel shows. No, no, no. It was like you vote on everything that's up for an actor. <laughs> and I assume the system is meant to be that you go out and then watch like an episode of each of those things. Here's what I can tell you I did not do. <laughs> that. Yeah, okay. <laughs> you vote for the one that you've heard of or the people that you like or the one that you think might be the best based on your limited amount of information, particularly in the categories. There might be some categories where you genuinely have – you know, listen to all five podcasts or watch all five movies or whatever it might be. But there are some categories that you're like, I'm I'm never going to have, like I haven't heard of any of these in this category. And the Arias, like I'm not even in the music industry. Yeah. I just worked at Triple J. And, yeah. they're, and they're like, what a, Good like enough. that'll do, I guess. Well, you get to decide which yeah. the best country album was. I will. I went and saw Armageddon and now I'm in NASA. It's amazing. They invited me to join NASA. <laughs> Sorry. The only plans I can come up with, though, is just like drilling holes in asteroids and blowing them up. <laughs> and, th- like, the idea that they then rank them, like that you get to hear what third, second, and first is. I mean, that I, I think they should go a step further. I, I want to see the Australian Podcasting Awards rank every podcast in that category in order. So if it's parenting podcasts, they literally go through every parenting podcast <laughs> on order. iTunes and they rank them in order from last through to first. Well, what I agree with you, and I think there's there's no way that you know people. I'm not casting dispersions on the Australian Podcasting Awards, but I would be surprised oh, no, if if people listen to every every second of every podcast because you've got a lot of podcasts to listen to. So that this is be, like at best that only be listening to an episode. Yeah. Of each podcast in the At category. Best. Like I'm At thinking best. five minutes. I reckon I, if it was my job, I'd go, this guy's voice annoys me. I'm not listening to this anymore. I mean, imagine if we entered and this was the podcast they listened to where we spent the first five minutes <laughs> talking about how much we legitimate and, and distrust podcasting the panel of the Australian Podcasting Awards. I mean, I don't think it would do well for us. I don't think we would even get a this bronze. This would be the episode we submit. <laughs> we send it in. Brilliant. I love it. Well, I think 
I agree with everything you said, and I think that that's why it has paid dividends to be at least, uh, you know, I mean, I, I would like to think that he considers his friends, but at the very least, um, uh, 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 internet friendly with Reed Parker because he's done all our podcast artwork, and the one that we use is his Beyond Thunderdome spoof where it's me and Osh replacing Mel Gibson and Tina Turner. It's great and it's hilarious, and I imagine that if I was sifting through all the nominees. I'm like, well, these guys have got good artwork, so I'm sure yeah, that they, reflects the quality of the show. In fact, maybe we should have ended all the TOEFOP ones based on that. We might, we might have about eight Australian <laughs> podcasting awards. But what I realised, talking Osh, because when I, I, he held a seat for me, I got there quite late, I had a delayed flight, and we were chatting and stuff, and he was talking about all these. Can I ask where it was, by the way? Just because uh, I saw Center. the photo of you and Osha there. At the Seymour Centre. Now, this, and sitting I'm next only- to Osher, by the way, mm. and I know it's a podcasting awards, but it's essentially like a, a radio industry awards. There's a lot of radio people there. Sitting next to Osh in the front row was like sitting next to Jack Nicholson at the Oscars. Like if there was cameras, they would have always been cutting to him because the MC kept making Osher jokes, kept referencing Osher. There was like he was he was referenced about four or five times in the first like half an hour. So I was like, oh, C- can I ask? And this is only based on the photo that I saw. The Seymour Centre doesn't seem like it has a whole bunch of charm and atmosphere inside. Was that room particularly – like it looked very conference roomy. It wasn't um, particularly it, – Yeah, it didn't, was feel it, just awards, the it didn't feel awards showy. No. I mean, it was weird though because like Osher and I were sitting there in jeans and T-shirts. Like Dan Illich, who won for, you know, Rational Fear, was wearing like a sloppy, like, you know, unwashed, <laughs> unironed T-shirt, which was referenced by Lewis on stage. Like – it, 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 but then there was women in like who, who busted out their best dresses, so it was a very strange mix of kind of yeah. It was awards show, but then there were some dudes in tracksuit pants. So. Was Abby Chatfield there? Uh, did don't know. Don't think so. I didn't stay mm. long enough to know. I literally okay. left after forty five minutes because I was so tired. Okay, again, should have stormed out. <laughs> that would have been. <laughs> That would have been well, yeah. I mean, would it, does that bode well for like a parenting podcast where you know we're trying to make dads better dads? That like the slightest, the slightest hint of kind of some resistance that I just storm at. I can't control my emotions. I mean, yeah, okay, that's a good point. <laughs> but the fact that you left early, that, yeah. that's probably a good dad thing. You pro- they probably should have given the award to you if the other people who had a parenting podcast were still there late at night. Soaking it up. What sort of parents are they? Yeah, exactly. They should be at home with their children. You were the responsible one who well, went home early. Having said that, I did arrive home, see my daughter for about an hour, and then leave again because Daddy has to go to a, an award ceremony. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of parenting is that? Uh, okay. Um, but talking to Osh that night, you know, he was sort of talking about um, the show and everything he'd been doing for it, and then I was like, oh, I realise who I am. I'm the will in this arrangement. Like, Osh is the one who puts in all the groundwork, he preps the show, he sort of talks to him about this, what we're going to talk about, and then I just come on and say funny things or attempt to say funny things. I'm like, oh, I like this role. Mm, it's fun to be the will. <laughs> yeah. I recommend it. I Yeah, it was. It, 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 it's, it, you know what is great about it is it's um, all the plaudits and none of the responsibility. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> if it goes well, great. If it doesn't, well, no one really cares because it's not like it's your passion project. Yeah, but I mean, this is again you, in this scenario. You have been both. 
you've been both the Will and the Charlie because yes. you've gone to this thing in your capacity as the Will yeah. of Osher in your relationship. Yeah. But then you've brought this content <laughs> to this podcast as the Charlie. As the Osher. And I've got to be the Will. Oh, oh you're God. the Osher. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. I'm Charlie. Hang on, I'm Charlie and you're Osher. <laughs> um. Uh, yeah, so it, it, it's been a uh, it's been a tumultuous few weeks. So um, I, I didn't know if I could talk about it at the time, but I've since spoken to the producers. It's fine. The reason I've been travelling is uh, I've been hosting Getaway. Um, so this job sort of came up That's last uh, a few months ago, and it it's has one been of the exciting. great media jobs. Getaway, it, isn't it? it? Fucking is like I know you're meant to sort of be like you know oh talk things down and you know like but. It is one of the best jobs going around. Like it's fucking all the fun of travel with none of the hassle, none of the responsibility. Your accommodation's taken care of. Someone handles the visas. You just go to the fun stuff and do well. Not necessarily fun stuff. But you just go to the interesting stuff and just do all that and don't have to worry about oh, I've got to pack my bags and get to the next place or got to book this flight to whatever. It's all done for you. Yeah, and like you said, maybe not necessarily the fun stuff, but the stuff that's probably worth doing that perhaps you wouldn't have done if you went to those places left to your own devices. So, yeah, because you're doing it to show off, you know, wherever you are and what the things are to do in wherever you are and it's all been arranged for you, I think, yeah, it's. I mean, I think it's a great it, – it sounds to me like an excellent way to travel. I mean, I'm sure that you don't get to spend as much time in any of the places that you would like to because of the nature of having to keep moving and keep filming and doing these sort of things. But – Insofar as media jobs go, it's a good media job. Well, here's what I loved about it. And this is like from someone who hasn't done a lot of hosting, mainly, you know, acting is probably what I'm best known for and what I've sort of been employed the most as. So I'm used to it taking forever. <laughs> like I'm used to like makeup, wardrobe, you know, sit around, come up, stand up, work for like five minutes, sit down, wait another 15 minutes, the lights have been changed, get up. And and that, you know, so that takes like a scene might take an hour and a half to shoot like a, you know, 30 second, 40 second scene. But hosting, it was me, my producer, a cameraman and a sound guy and that was it. And it was just do it, get out, get done. It was like, felt like I was one of the expendables. <laughs> like just getting dropped <laughs> off in this remote location. Go out, we need this, we need that and the other. And because – I guess I have an acting background. Like the producer, they come up with all the copy for you. And so they said beforehand, we can write it for you, just send you like pages and you can learn it if that's what you want to do or if you feel like you you can wing it, that that's great as well. And I said, oh, well, let's just see how I go. So write some stuff for me and I'll, and I'll see how I go. And so the first couple of them were like, yeah, great, but I think I can I can do this. Like I can come up. I, I talk a lot on my various podcasts. So then like – all you're really doing is just thinking on your feet. So the hours are long because you shoot for you try and get as much footage as you can. But it's always something different. It's always something new. And it's that thing of you don't repeat the same action again and again and again to get it right. The, the challenge is just get it right in one take like, or just get it as the sun is rising, get this line out. And it was just like it was so much fun. I was like, fuck, have I been in the wrong – like I've sort of been doing what, like one form of entertainment – but maybe that's where I should have been like putting my attention. Or can I do both? Like they feel like two separate skills, but at the same time there is some kind of crossover. Well, you know who's very good at doing that sort of stuff, of course? Osha. Yes. And you've had the experience of being the Osha <laughs> in this podcast and it's given you the essential skills you need to actually become Osha. Well, I used to, I remember I used to be a kid and I watched when Michael Palin did all his travel documentaries. 
And I was always kind of bummed out as a kid because I'm like, oh, that's, you know, the guy from Monty Python. And it's like, oh, he's been incredibly serious as he <laughs> talks about, like, yeah. talks with funny this voices, about. Mate. Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, like, I used to love watching those shows because it's still Michael Palin traveling through a place. And, you know, I've never, I've never really watched travel shows or really, like, you know, given them much thought until I actually started doing it. And it's like, oh, this is a great form of entertainment because it's always something new. And good TV is like putting people out of their element. You know, suddenly you're in a place where, you know, everything feels different and you're trying to communicate your experience of it to an audience at home while still having as authentic as, I mean, obviously it's not completely authentic. There's cameras there and, you know, there's the, the, the trip's been designed, but the experience you're trying to make as authentic as possible. And it's like, oh, <laughs> why have I been ignoring this genre of entertainment for so long? Like, I understand it's very popular. Maybe I should watch some more. Uh, I love, like, I, I mean, I like a food travel show more than I like just a regular travel show. I well, I went to a uh, a bakery in Hoi An that Anthony Bourdain had declared it had the best bun me in the world. And? They've got a big photo of him. It's fucking, yeah, he's, he's yeah. not lying. <laughs> <laughs> he knew he should, Anthony Bourdain. And, and Anthony Bourdain is a liar who <laughs> should be returning in his grave. I'm we better. should take away what, whatever podcast awards he was ever given should be stricken from the record. No, no, they, um, they have a big photo of him in the entrance to this barn me. It's, it's this little kind of street food cafe and it's been the same owner for 30 years. You know, she it's a secret formula, all that kind of stuff, but it, it was beautiful. I As I say in Vietnam, ooh la la. <laughs> and that's because come- they did have French colonialism <laughs> for a short time. So some do speak French. <laughs> Here's what I would say. I have fantasized often about like what would my version of one of those sort of shows be because my problem is that I have like a limited diet, you know, being a vegetarian, like suddenly you – but I thought, well, maybe that could be the angle. You know, you travel the world but you have to go to places where – you know, you can find the the finest vegetarian food in the world, which seems like you know that that could be like an angle for one of those shows. So it's funny, and you know, I'm I'm pretty like hopeless. Yeah. So like you know, <laughs> I might well, yeah. Let, keep talking. I'm listening. This is a great idea for a show. <laughs> so you throw this hopeless person into these <laughs> scenarios that they can't really cope with, trying to find vegetarian food. But the thing is that I also. I just know what I like when it comes to food. Like, so you know that place where it's like it's the best mum me in the world. And they got a picture of Anthony Bourdain. There would be like nine hundred pictures of me all over the place of me just going, "This is the best vegetarian meal I have ever had in my life." This is the best toasted cheese sandwich I have ever eaten. <laughs> this is the best hotel buffet I've ever had in my life. You meant to actually leave the hotel and try some of the don't other things. Don't have to. No, this no, is wait. great. <laughs> this French you can toast. eat as much as you want. What are you talking about? Uh, uh, mate, there was a one buffet, um, uh, one hotel we are staying at with a buffet breakfast. Um, they would make these little uh, French toasts, but they would, you know, they would cook it fresh. So you'd sort of go up to the egg in station or whatever and they would, and they would make it. And I don't know what they did. I've never been a French toast guy. But I think they were mixing either a bit of like some kind of a uh, like a sweet syrup or sugar with a bit of cinnamon in the egg, and then like just the like I don't really try. I try not to eat white bread, but no. think of the whitest 
think of the, a bread so white, it's got like an alt-right Twitter account. It is the whitest of, it's the Aryan slice of bread. Like there is no so nutritional is, value. They must have just like, you You would have been like what I said that I was going to be like, because you don't normally eat things that have like, so everywhere you went, you must have been like, this is the best. I'm full of sugar and MSG and I've never felt better in my life. We can shoot for 23 hours a day. 100%. But this French toast was just like, mm. it was so good that it was Would like- Would you say it was ooh la la? <laughs> ooh la la. <laughs> As they say in Vietnam, ooh la la. <laughs> it was absolutely delicious. But it was just that the, 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 that part of the trip was all great. Like, mm. you know, you know, um, hotels and stuff. I love yes. traveling. It's sort of, I haven't really, this trip was, you know, the first time overseas since COVID. But- it was – I sort of said to the the producer and the, the cameraman, I said, look, like I want to do a good job. So I'm up for anything. Like whatever you put your, your rookies through, like serve it up. So, of course, there was the let's go to one of the wet markets and you can eat something weird challenge. Oh. And so – I mean, after the last couple of years, that's a <laughs> tougher challenge than perhaps it was even three years ago. <laughs> Would you like to try this bat, sir? Miss well, Pangolin. I, I had watched some like old episodes on on Getaway of Getaway on YouTube and stuff, and I saw like I think I saw someone eating like a cricket or something like that. I'm like, I, I can eat a cricket. So we went to this market in Cambodia, and there was uh, a choice of cockroaches, deep fried cockroaches, deep fried tarantulas, or deep fried baby birds. So like, just basically looked like still had their heads and, and claws, their talons and stuff like that. So I actually – I would say before you say what you did, yeah, I would do the cockroach. So um, <laughs> feels snacky to me. But can like, I – all right, before you settle on the yeah. cockroach, let me uh-huh. describe the sizings of things. So the baby birds are actually small. Yeah, like, but I don't like the idea of eating like a baby anything. So that, I, that, that the baby bird rules that out. I mean, I know that like people eat – birds already like chicken and turkey and all those things are birds but the idea of eating like a baby anything has i'm not into that so no baby bird okay so then slightly smaller but not that much smaller were the cockroaches so they were about an inch and a half they were big cockroaches and then the tarantula was probably about three times the size of the cockroach and the one thing I thought when I saw them was like, well, at least they're deep fried, so they'll rem- yeah. they won't res- they won't resemble what they are. That that would have been my thought as well. If yeah. you deep fry something enough, then you, then you won't know. But I assume they still look like the things that they, they are look when like they've been deep a more fried. nightmarish version yeah. of that thing. <laughs> yeah. So I don't want to eat a deep fried baby bird that looks like a baby bird. No, like, thank it looks you very like much. Freddy, if Freddy Krueger was a bird, that's what yeah. it looked like. Um, but I said to the so I said to them, look, if you want good TV, I said I'm actually a little arachnophobic. Like I don't yeah. I don't dig on spiders and and so they said, cool, that's definitely what we're going to shoot then. And so we were going around just grabbing little things at the market, but I spotted where we were going to end up, and I was not prepared for like just how big tarantulas are and how a lot like they still alive they look like they've got all their limbs, even little sort of bits of hair on them and stuff, and so. There's two things going on in my mind. One is like I'm getting a bit of the heebie-jeebies and not like a panic attack, but I'm like, oh, is there a cool exit strategy for this if I've changed my mind? Like I've already said that I'm up for anything 
and you know, like I, I don't want to lose face, but is there like a is there is there a, is there a way to exit the situation which doesn't make me look like a complete wimp? No, <laughs> would be my answer. Absolutely no. You've committed to this. You've said yes. You, you know, it's like going on. I'm a celebrity. Get me out of here or something. You yeah. know that at some stage, You're gonna this is what you've. I mean, like a dog's dick. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you may eat someone else's dick. I'm, I, look, I've never watched I'm a Celebrity, but I'm assuming both dick eatings are done. Are they? I don't I'm know. Not, Do people look up on we're not, I'm a Celebrity? Maybe I mean, not. they're out in the jungle not washing. You'd have to be pretty desperate, I suppose. <laughs> You're right. Who's hooking up with nobody soap? It would be great, though, if they were just like, okay, you've got two choices in this situation. You can eat this donkey dick or you can eat Danny, <laughs> Danny Green's dick. <laughs> with, the don- with the donkey... The donkey's dick at least would be clean, right? Because they've they've cooked it. They've cleaned it and cooked it? Or is it like I, I, a, ju- a jungle donkey dick? Well, <laughs> yeah, they've got, no. From what I see on those shows, I feel like they make it as gross as they possibly can make it it is 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 what as long as it's not going to kill the person but from what i hear like like you know you they're happy to upset your stomach and like have oh. you have like diarrhea for 3 days and like vomit up oh. and stuff like that so they're not yeah they just well no one told me that yeah. no they and and i don't think getaway would be doing that because getaway's trying to entice people to go on a holiday i'm a celebrity yeah. get me out of here is not trying to get people to like go on a holiday but, in the jungle but this particular segment it was the yeah. same thinking which is let's get someone on tv to do something they're not comfortable with because and that'll be that'll be fun um I, every time i used to watch like shows like fear factor or or, or i think there was other ones where they would you know, eating bugs was like a challenge or eating, drinking snake wine. And I'm always like, how is that like fear related? It's more gross. Like I don't associate fear and being grossed out as being the same thing, but I get it now <laughs> because like the idea of eating this bug activated like, you know, f- fear in me. So we went over to the um, the basket and so this is all on camera. And so they're saying, look, we just want your absolute natural reaction. So just, you know, tell us about how you feel about spiders and all that kind of stuff. And I was with a guide as well. Um, Lovey, who was like, you know, talking me through the history of it. Um, and the reason, you know, it's actually, it's it's steeped in kind of tragedy, the reason why this is street food. And it's, it has to do, to do with the Khmer Rouge. And, you know, when people were desperate and starving and, you know, living in the jungle, they were so desperate that they would just eat whatever protein they could th- get their hands on. So there's an element of like, yeah, this is like all fun and stuff, but you don't want to be disrespectful of why this is a food, you know. Oh, how this is so disgusting! How can you know? No, that's not a that's not a that's not an option. Um, but in my head, I'm like, this is disgusting, and I don't want to eat this, right? So I put it in. I ask him, I ask Lovey. I say, like, uh, how was this normally done? Like, do you pluck the legs off? Is yeah, that, that's right. That's in? good. I'm yeah. glad that you actually thought to ask that. Like, yeah. is, is there a way? Is there a way that they normally eat it? Well. Interesting, you should say, <laughs> because I he said, no, no, just like, you know, just stick it in your mouth, start at the legs and eat your way through. And so I did. And look, it's actually was not as – I thought it was going to be a lot sort of like chunkier because they're thick huntsmen. But what it actually tasted like was beef jerky, just like dry mm. protein, a little Grisly. bit – 
yeah, gristly, bit, uh, but really dry, like it was sort of hard to swallow. Um, they'd obviously put spices and stuff on it, but clearly, you know, I always made the joke that you deep fry anything and cover it in like sugar or salt, it's edible. But yeah, and there's some things that are a bit tougher than others. But the worst part was the legs because it's a spider's legs. They're designed to cling to things. So as you're, you're swallowing the legs, you, you can it, oh. it feels like yeah. it is crawling down your throat because you're just getting these little prickly legs. So I was <laughs> going through that, and then I got to the abdomen, which is really tough, and, and yeah. got through that. Does anything squirt? Is there any like no? It's, no, that's okay. what I mean. It's, it's like all dry. Beef jerky. There's yeah. nothing inside that like no that, no secret surprise. I yeah, I'd be <laughs> no I'd be happy center. with it all being like dry and grisly than I would with something at some stage popping. I don't yeah, think that, like when I watch yeah. those things when they eat an eye or something like that, and then it like the eyeball pops and it's. That that's too much for me. But if I knew that it was all just going to be dry and grisly, I think I'd be more comfortable with that. Yeah. So well, actually, and you're right because once I sort of realised the texture of it wasn't squishy because I just didn't want to taste any. I don't know. Like I don't know the anatomy of a spider, like web spinners or or guts or any shit like that. But it, it wasn't. So I got that take down, and then this is a bit of like you know behind the scenes. Had to do a second take because they wanted to get a closer angle on it. So I actually ended up eating two spiders, but I was yeah. okay with it by that stage. And then they were like, "Oh, actually, that. something happened in that oh, one. Yeah, sorry, you've got to, you've got to eat one <laughs> more spider." <laughs> like Kubrick, one hundred takes later. Yeah, we think we got it. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so then later on, on um, so we're on this cruise ship. So now, can I things- ask you this? Sorry, I, uh, yeah. before we move on from the uh, eating. No, this is still uh, this is still within yeah. the spider story. Okay, yeah. cool. But I, I want to know with the second spider, was it easier to eat the second spider once you knew what it was going to be like, or was it harder because you'd already eaten? A, <laughs> you were full from eating a spider. <laughs> uh, it was easier because uh-huh. I just chewed like because I chewed like crazy the first time. I'm trying to talk. You know, and entertain and convey the feeling of what's what it's like. The second time, I'm just like, I'm going to shove yeah, this in. I'm just going to eat the spider. But it was like I did drink about two liters of water after that because I'm like, I can still feel <laughs> the legs inside my throat. So back on the cruise ship that we were traveling up the Mekong on, they would change the menu each day and to reflect, you know, whatever part of Cambodia or Vietnam you're in. So you're getting these like delicious sort of regional um, dishes. But one lunch they had like a bowl of tarantulas, but then they had cockroaches and crickets and silkworms, like every bug under the sun. And I was talking to one of the so crew. So I've eaten a cricket. Right. Because that's a bit of a trend like in – because, you know, if you're vegetarian, apparently crickets don't count, like they're insects okay. and you're allowed to. <laughs> are, the cr- are the crickets cool with that? <laughs> well, I don't think anyone's asked the crickets, but apparently – that's the new sustainable well, way. Well, we asked guess, them, and ironically, all we, we heard was crickets. Crickets. So they were fine with it. No, I mean, as a comedian, I felt like they're the natural enemy of comedians. <laughs> so I was like, fuck you guys. I, I guess it's because they're sustainable, right? Like the idea is there are so many of them that they're a sustainable way of having protein. And I tried them, and they seemed quite edible, like crickets, I've got to say. Just they felt very like any sort of – What's that um, like? Like a white bait or a shrimp, or like yeah, you know exactly. something like that. They had that yeah. same sort they're of. Quite, they're, texture. they're quite small too, so you can throw yeah. like a handful in. Yeah. Um, uh, by the way, so was yeah. there any after effects like on your digestion of eating the? No, no. no. Okay. And I also did not acquire 
Uh, Spider, Spider Powers. Powers. That was going to be my follow-up question. Yeah. <laughs> I was waiting, so I didn't seem too silly. But I was like, I since did. then, have you got any spidey senses? <laughs> but I got anatomically accurate Spider Powers, so I can shoot silk out of my ass. Oh, okay. <laughs> but it's made travel really, really awkward. You're terrified of your own reflection. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, uh, so I, I was like, you know what? I'm not going to have this anymore spider bit. I, I, I wussed out on the cockroach. I'll try that. And I was slightly smaller. And so I ate the cockroach and it was 10 times worse than the spider. It was actually everything I imagined a cockroach would taste like. And you know how you're like, oh, I'd hate the squish? There was a squish. There was a squish. So I busted through the shell and the wings and Mm. and got to the squish and that was just horrifying. But at the end of all that, one of the local like chefs who made prepared lunch came up and was said, oh, you know, you had this. And I said, yeah, and I did the, we did some street food at the market. And, and he said, so did you eat the abdomen of the spider? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, oh, well, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> and he's like, and did you eat the shell on the cockroach as well? I'm like, yeah. And he's like, oh, no, no, you just meant to scoop out like the inside. So it's like, I don't know if I've actually had the accurate experience or if like, you know, you gave me a cheeseburger and I ate it with a paper still on top, you know, like I don't know what I've eaten really. Like the first time somebody up or- handed me edamame and I was like, you you're trying to eat the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, oh no, you're meant to, <laughs> I know. it's fine. You're meant to take it out. It's This girlfriend of mine told this, uh, told me this story about, um, she's got this little brother who she loves, is quite protective of, and he was moving to LA from Canada and she wanted to kind of like, you know, make sure that, you know, he everyone looked after him. And so she was telling all her friends like how smart he is. You know, he got into university on his own on the scholarship and blah, blah, blah. And so they took him out for, um, I can't remember what, I think it was like Mexican that night, his first time in LA. And she'd been telling all her friends that my brother's like this super genius, really smart. <laughs> they all look at the end of the table and he's eating the burrito, but he's eating the paper. <laughs> Because <laughs> he didn't realize they had to take it down. He'd never eaten like Mexican food before. And they're like, is that your your brother, the super genius? The genius. <laughs> so this isn't as good as people said, to be honest. It tastes really papery. I now, maybe thought it was like a giant rice paper roll. Like the, the paper was part of the Yeah, I think he thought experience. it was edible paper. Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, I hope so. Now, I wanted to get to one um, – email in particular before we go because it's quite long but i read this at the airport lounge this morning and it was like we need to talk about this it's beautifully written and there's so many highlights in this that i'm sure that we'll stop along the way and i think this will take us out to the end of the episode before we do that we should just mention that yes all the shows are on listener now you would have seen anything on social media um two guys one cup is just the exclusive listener uh, to the listener platform. Everything else, you can still download it where it is. It's just that listener is now supporting us and helping us produce the shows. And this is a good thing because uh, if we, without listener, it is uncertain whether or not we could keep making these shows. But, you know, um, they've been nothing but supportive of us. We're happy to be there. But no yeah, one ba- freak Basically, out. yeah, no, don't freak out. There's no, it's not going to change. or anything like that. Yeah, I mean, for a lot of people, you, you might not even know that it has happened. Basically, what happened was the place where that used to host our podcast they got taken over bought bought out by spotify yeah and we were like 
And they were like, so your your podcast will just be over on that on Spotify? And we're like, would, would, will Spotify give us any money for that? And they were like, nah, they're not really <laughs> yeah. interested in that. So <laughs> we were like, okay, well, let's see if there's some way that it will host the podcast. And we've had such a great well, experience. I should I just pick up. It wasn't – they actually said, mm. no, we'd love to keep you. Mm. We'd love to keep you. And we said, how much would you love to no. keep you? And it turns out not, not that much. much. <laughs> not much at all, to be honest. We'd love it. Is what we're saying. We're yeah. not going to do anything to show we're not that pay love for it. or prove. No, that's not love. It's no. not love if I'm paying for it. Oh, I'm sorry, you guys are so superficial. Yeah. <laughs> You've heard this, the money can't buy me love. This is love. Stay for that reason. And um, the good. I mean, we have had apart from like the people who were mad that we obviously went to listener exclusive for two guys one cup. Listener themselves have been really cool for us to work with. They've publicized our podcast heaps. They've introduced us to a new audience. This is a different deal to that though. This is, you will, if you don't want to get the app on this heaps of great stuff on the app and you can listen to two guys, one cup there. But if you just want to listen to it in the regular places that you listen to all the shows, they will still be in those regular places. We should take a moment to acknowledge that podcast Mike won't be as like intimately involved in our day to day as he has been for the past lots of years that he has been on our podcast, but he will still be part of our world and our family. And, and he'll still be producing Two Guys, One Cup. Yes. So you, so, and hopefully also appearing on Two Guys, One Cup to yeah. talk all about Mike's big year of football, which is going <laughs> to yeah. be 2023. And he, he has – and part of the reason that he's actually not going to be involved intricately in, in intricate, intricately, intricately? Well, in the that. day-to-day of it is because – he, to be honest, he's just got a lot of his own creative stuff going on that is growing and growing and, and we want to help support as well. So uh, Podcast Mike is just one of the best people that we've had the pleasure to work with and he's been so integral to these shows coming out in the last few years and he'll still be part of the extended family and universe. I mean, I did see a bit of chatter online with people listening to 401 and 402 going, they kept referring to Mike, but that wasn't Mike. Yes, our oh, third yeah. producer in a row <laughs> is also named Mike because that is our policy at Tofop. We yeah. will own the only reason we went to listener was we yeah. demanded a guy called you Mike. Pay what you want. Could you give us a Mike? Has to be named Mike. Yeah, I know. Let's let's not confuse people anymore. It's another guy called Mike, and we haven't even come up with a nickname for him. No podcast, Mike. No Mike Allen. It's just Mike. Yeah. Well, yeah. Mike might not be our permanent producer. Also, Mike just might be passing yeah. through. He might be. <laughs> transitioning us out of podcast mic into a mic into someone it might be outrageous who's not even called mike michael or mike so <laughs> you can only hope um uh oh and your um you promote your book how's your book oh, going bestseller. Okay. Uh, yeah so my, it, it is a bestseller which is mm. very nice but there's still more copies of it to sell. So if you have not bought a copy yet, I am not fine. Thanks. It is called, um, and you can find it. It's on now for overseas listeners. You have to order it, um, from the book depository in Australia. It is not available overseas and you can't get it on audible, unfortunately. Um, Hopefully, if it does well enough in Australia, there might be some way that that happens in the future. But at the moment, you'd have to order it from the book depository and get it sent to you. But that way you get James Fosdyke's amazing artwork on the front cover of it of course and uh, um, question everything my television show we actually tape tomorrow after we're recording this uh, the final episode of that for the season but all the episodes from the season are on ABC iView and I've been super proud of that show it's it's been really funny and when people are hearing this this weekend at the Sydney Opera House Friday night and Saturday night I am doing live 
Willosophy podcast. I obviously have not done that show for a year, and I'm not sure if and when it's ever going to come back, but I am doing two of them live at the Sydney Opera House, two amazing guests. On Friday night, uh, UK superstar Nish Kumar will be my guest. Nish is honestly one of my favorite comedians in the world, an incredible uh, comedian and satirist. If you've, if anyone hasn't seen his routine about Ricky Gervais and trans people, it's honestly one of the funniest things. Like, so anyway, he'll be a brilliant guest on Friday night. And then on Saturday night, India's biggest stand-up comedian. Heard of India? It's a pretty big country. Yeah, and this guy is their biggest uh, stand-up comedian. His name is Veerdas. He's a super funny guy, and I'm really looking forward to having a conversation with him as well. So Friday night, Nish, uh, Saturday night, Veer, um, still some tickets available to both of those at the Sydney Opera House. So there was uh, is that was did you say as part of Just for Laughs? Yes, as part of the Just so for Laughs. They, um, they didn't want Tofot back on stage after <laughs> the robot? <laughs> that didn't entice the uh, organisers? To- I mean, I actually – I was thought that was weird, like because I think in a way Tofop also probably would have sold better, yeah, like than some podcast that hasn't been on for a year. <laughs> <laughs> you know, would have been a and little, he's probably more closely aligned with comedy than would have been a little easier to plug yeah. than this thing that. Doesn't have That's, regular listeners in a feed that I can't really tell people about. I would have thought, but you know, I'm not the guy making decisions. Uh, and just one last thing, we'll plug the Patreon, patreon.com slash TOEFOP. Um, we've been regularly updating it with videos and uh, uh, videos for, of the show, full length videos if you want to see it. Um, but we'll be doing brand new bonus podcast content uh, after we record this episode or, yeah. or the next. Oh, um, and I so want to say, I am off all yep. social media. Um, but I still appear on social media, but it's all been run by my management now. So I just don't – like if anyone's trying to send me a message or comment on something that you think I'm going to see, I just – I don't see that stuff anymore. So I apologize for that. But uh, I just didn't didn't want people – um, you know, and you're thinks, being rude. Yeah, thinking that I'm ignoring them when. <laughs> well, I, I follow Gary Gary Shandling's account. Is still people just mm. keep posting on that, and occasionally I forget that oh, he's been dead for yeah. a few years. I'm like, oh, Gary Shandling's back. Yeah. Oh, wait a minute, no. And people not. are mad that he's not responding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but the Patreon, uh, just uh, one last thing. The Patreon is where we'll be posting the ad free. So if you, if it, if it grinds your gears, even listening to the podcast on your normal app, um, because there's ads in it, we will be posting clean episodes of Tofop and Fofop on Patreon. So if that's incentive to you, join Patreon. Will, this is from Jason. Um, uh, Jason's American. He says, hey, fellas, I love listening to you mostly because it reminds me so much of living in Australia. It's like riding in the backseat of a car with two Australians up front. I can barely understand, but I love to listen to. It is so comforting. I left home in Kansas City when I was a young man and I went to live in a place called Newcastle, Australia. Honestly, the best year of my life. The ocean every day, surfing, meat pies, toys new, and it was breathtakingly beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's a good part of the world, Newcastle. It is. The language is hard, though. Here's my impression oh, I'll of be me. in Newcastle, sorry, in January. Oh. I should plug that. I'm doing my What You Talking About Will shows at the Newcastle Comedy Club. I'm taking over Wednesdays in Newcastle, so every Newcastle or the Newcastle area, and I'm at the Sydney Comedy Store doing those shows. Um. So he says, the language is hard, though. Here's my impression of me offering McDonald's to my Australian friend, Shane. So I'll do the accents Mm -hmm. now just to differentiate between the two characters. Uh, Shane, are we going to McDonald's? You want a breakfast burrito? 
Oi, Mackers, fair dinkum, mate. Had to rock up early and go to the physio and broke me sunnies because me newt was out of petrol, so I had to stop at the server and then my thong broke and I asked the Sheila if she had any breckage. She's like, no, I was getting all aggro. Uh, I'm sorry, buddy. I have no fucking idea what you just said. Do you want a breakfast burrito or not? Yeah, nah. Yeah, nah. Yeah, nah. Nah, nah, yeah. <laughs> Me uh, shaking my head, walking up. Damn, I thought they spoke English here. Uh, that's the best. <laughs> that's a fairly astute observation. Uh, he says, besides the language barrier, it was such a beautiful time. We took trips up the coast to Byron Bay and Fraser Island and the Great Barrier Reef and down to Melbourne and Torquay because we saw Bells Beach from the movie Point Break. Mm, didn't look exactly like the movie Point Break. <laughs> or, or anything like the movie Point Break. <laughs> uh, didn't see the big waves but had my first threesome that night with two wild Torquay women on the beach. All right. <laughs> That's what we call that a was- Torquay party. <laughs> yeah. I was refing a beach volleyball at a place called How's That, but it closed for a bit, so I had to work at this nasty chicken factory called Steggles. God damn, it was gross and it smelled horrible, but I met amazing friends there. One time we went to our friend from Steggles' 21st birthday out to her family's farm in the outback, and everyone passed around this dirty fucking farm boot and dumped beer and vodka and rum and more beer into that thing <laughs> oh, yeah. and scalded the whole boot of liquor. Man, that was some wild times. Like, <laughs> this is sounding like the best trip. I don't know how what length of time this happened over, but I am so into this story. It's very Australian too, though, isn't it? <laughs> like, yeah. it does like feel like you've really had a more authentically Australian experience than many of Australians have. But you know how, like, whenever they try and like make an Australian film and they need to cast an American for sales, and they you got, you've got to work out a justification like this. Could be Zac Efron. Like, Zac Efron apparently loves it in Australia, spends a bit of time here. You could make this film with Zac Efron. And to me, so far, it makes 100% logical sense. And also, it's much more like Australian experience than how they try to portray what the Australian experience is. Like, going to some party out in the bush and drinking rum out of a gumboot is exactly. Um, The only thing that was was crazier were those huge fucking birds that would swoop down. God damn, those things are scary. Newcastle has like woods on campus or some environmental shit. I don't know. But they're these scary fucking animals right there on campus and the magpies would always swoop down and scare us Americans. I thought it was a xenophobic thing. They never attacked the Australians, only the Americans. We finally figured out it was because we all wore baseball caps all the time. And to be honest, I skipped a lot of classes. I didn't even buy textbooks. I bought a wetsuit and a Max Richard, a Mark Richard surfboard and got a flat right next to the ocean. Like this is, what's that, uh, how Stella got her groove back? It's like the young man's version of how Stella got her groove back. Like just moved to this like regional Australian town. He just has threesomes on the beach. He's just like drinking out of gumboots, finds himself, quits school, goes like gets a flat by the beach. I mean, it sounds pretty awesome. Yeah, it really does. <laughs> And it's all around the beach too. Everything good that's happened to him has happened on the beach. Apart from the well, chicken, the apart from the chicken factory, I would hundred percent go on this entire experience if this was offered as like you can go and have that. Was his name Jason? Uh, Jason, yes. Yeah, if you could have the Jason's uni experience like holiday, I'm like I'll, I'd sign up. Well, this is where it shifts gears. So we've gone okay. through this like you know whatever kind of genre of film you want it to be. But this last paragraph is so beautiful and poignant. It's like a Richard Linklater film. It's like before sunrise. So he finishes. My roommate moved out, 
So I got three Swedish gentlemen. It's not going where you think it's going. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what I thought at first. After the threesome on the beach, I'm like, oh, boy, here we go. But it doesn't. It's, it's much more tasteful and beautiful than that. My roommate moved out, so I got three Swedish students to move in, and they were all beautiful, uh, the, both the men and the women. Kristen was the one I liked the most. She had a Swedish boyfriend that lived nearby, but she would tell him he couldn't come in, and so she would just see him the next day. That's when I would smile listening to her say that because I knew she would come to my room and lock the door behind her and we would make out. Still to this day, when I hear a door knocking, I think about that time in Australia. <laughs> oh, the door clicking, sorry. Uh, the night that she told me, du hoch finne ergen. I don't know what those words mean, but they were, I knew they were a compliment by the way her lips turned up and the way she looked at me like that. Back then I was young and athletic and handsome and I devoured compliments, so I wanted to know what she said but I just looked at her, tucking her short blonde hair behind her ears, and I let those beautiful words by a beautiful woman on that beautiful Australian night hang in the air. You could smell just a hint of her perfume that mixed with the smell of the salt in the air, and the warm breeze floated through the windows, and the sound of those famous Newcastle waves crashing nearby. I knew I had to remember this moment. I simulated shutters on an expensive camera with my eyes. I had to take it all in. I knew nothing would ever feel that good again, and I was right. Love you guys. Thanks for doing the podcast. Thanks for always being my two Australian friends in the front seat. Yeah, that's that last paragraph. So I got curious. Yeah, though, of course. I was like, what did she yeah, say? It's absolutely. I like if you hadn't looked it up, I would need to immediately after the podcast. <laughs> okay, so let me just check this out. So it's going to have to be mm. Swedish to English, right? Yeah. I mean. Jason obviously listens and he's never – it's kind of like the end of Lost in Translation. Do you need to know what Bill Murray said at the end? Are we going to – should we just do a spoiler for Jason? Well, if Jason, we're about to look it up. I, I imagine that at some stage Jason's looked it up. But okay. if he's never looked it up, if he's lived in a world where he does not want to know what it means, then Jason, turn off right now. Yeah, okay. All right. So he's written it phonetically, mm -hmm. so it might take a couple of goes to work out. Again, exactly. he can't know how to write it. Oh, oh so it's phonetically, not – okay, yeah, all right. Yes. Okay. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's a compliment. Mm -hmm. Do you want to have a guess at what it is? Give me what it is again. It's a general specific compliment. Yeah. And then a specific physical compliment. Yeah, okay. Um, uh, but say the sentence again. Well, I, I don't know what the actual Swedish is, but it's a du hoc – Heath heard du hoc finne ergen. Du hoc finne ergen. Um, uh, you are a good kisser. You no, have it's... nice hair. You have a good face. More <laughs> – more, like more poetic, I would say, and complimentary than that, and and quite co a common compliment, you would say. You, to someone you are a handsome man. You are beautiful, beautiful eyes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> he said he was young and fit and athletic back then. Do you think, like, that's what I think the movie Before Sunrise captured so perfectly? Is sometimes you'll just have those fleeting encounters. And it's great because real life didn't have to intrude on it. It was just all possibility. It was just all magic. I, that's exactly right. It's 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 perfect because nothing else ever happened. And it's just it is captured in that moment. This is like a good story. This whole yeah. story is such yeah, a good great. story. No, that's why I knew I had to read it out. Yeah. It's like this and story it's is the best movie I've seen in the last two years. <laughs> 
Well, that's a good note to go out on. Um, so we'll be back again next week. And we're taking a little break over Christmas. So I think there's a few more episodes to come out before then. But uh, taking a little break over Christmas and then we'll be back in the new year. I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Melanderson. Yeah.